0: So what if I just started the podcast normally without a gimmick or anything?
1: Like if, if you just launched into direct casual conversation without any sort of pretense or artifice?
0: Yeah, like, like no movie boys stuff or no like falsified in media res conversation about horses. Right. or like I do on pod, uh, acquisition where I do... So anyway, that's why they call me and as if I was in the middle of some hilarious anecdote that led to a nickname.
1: So what you're saying is that you think we should just start with some sort of organic conversation that would uh, spring up naturally? And, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: No, no, none of this, the shallow, vapid uh, falsery of it all. People want raw organic, acoustic podcasting.
1: Right. They, they want to feel like they are parts of the lives of the people in the podcast. And so you, you want to bring it to that level and make it intimate.
0: Yes, yes. Yeah. Um, you know, we, we're being invited into the ears of at least, what is it, about 30,000, 40,000 people. So, you know, just bring it down, nice and mellow. Uh, just give people a nice... That ease them into the fact that I'm so fucking happy we don't have to watch any more of these horrible fucking Resident Evil fucking <laughs> movies.
1: Movie boys! <laughs> woo! Uh, it is. It is the end of a long, torturous <laughs> path. That that like we started this show with the first Resident Evil, so like this is a landmark for us.
0: Yes, yes, we're at. Resident Evil: The Final Esque Chapter, <laughs> the final chapter with a sequel hook. <laughs> I like that. Uh, the Amazon trivia, which, by the way, Amazon X-Ray no longer just gives me the facts in real time. All the cast members for each individual scene anymore. It's just a drop-down list that just gives you all the trivia in one whack. I'm like, well, where's Fuck the that? fun in that? Exactly. I want to just occasionally remember to mouse over and see who's playing who, and and w- this is no good to me. So shit out. But I did click on it just the once, just to see the first fact, um, which started with "This is the allegedly final chapter." <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't even. Like, a trivia fact, it was just (laughs) editorialising. It was like, you know, this movie made this much money, so it's probably not the last one. (laughs) And and it Uh, did
1: make a lot of money. Yes.
0: I was watching it and thinking, like, do you think, like, 12, 13-year-olds to die when they're in their 30s and doing podcasts and that? podcast, it probably be something like gas. They'll probably just like record on gas and you just inhale it and know what was said in the future. Uh, Black Mirror. Um, do you think they will talk about the Resident Evil series the way our generation would talk about, say, Friday the 13th or Nightmare on Elm Street? Because especially... With this one being called the final chapter, it made me think of things like, you know, The Final Friday or Freddy's Dead, The Final Nightmare. As like a these, goof, those
1: old As a goof, I I was thinking about starting a synopsis for the Friday the thirteenth final chapter movie. <laughs> that that was that was my idea of humor for this particular episode. Um, um, yeah. yeah. I I, I don't. No, because I don't think that the Resident Evil films did anything particularly remarkable other than make a lot of money. You know, you look at uh, the way Friday the 13th and Nightmare on Elm Street as franchises both sort of changed the tone of what horror movies were in their, you know, in the decades that they were running. And, and... And you can even see the progression and the fall from grace of that style of film as they move further and further along. I mean, and you can argue that, you know, they get more entertaining as they get as they get further along too. Um, Certainly, eventually
0: they just give up and turn them into comedies.
1: Right. Uh, So,
0: which Resident Evil didn't do and should have done? Yes. If, If this. If Resident Evil The Final Chapter was anything like Freddy's Dead The Final Nightmare, I would have started this podcast in a completely different way, because I would have been so happy.
1: Yeah, I think that this film delivers on the promise of the Resident Evil series as set forth. But that's not saying anything.
0: No, no. Um... It met expectations based on previous work.
1: Right. So, I, like, I would argue that maybe Resident Evil is the most consistent sci-fi horror franchise ever made. Now, the standard is pretty yeah. low. but yeah, but, but they They maintain it throughout.
0: Yeah, they've never had a giant up or down. I've never been like, this... I I can't point at any single one of these films and say this is the worst of the series. But I also can't point at any one and say this is the best. Um, I can look at certain ones and say this is better or this one is worse.
1: I can say that this is the one that I enjoy the most uh, pretty easily, which is the... Whatever one it is that they're in the Russian base. (laughs) It's just... (laughs) It's so goofy.
0: For me, it's the the second one, with, with tyrants. Um, that one. That one was was had a bit of excitement going to it. Uh, yeah. Which this film had a little bit of. A uh, bits of of the final chapter felt a bit more like that one, which I forget which one it was called. Apocalypse. Uh
1: that's or uh apocalypse. I yeah. Think. Um.
0: Yeah, um, um just and... just fucking number them because I I lost track of all the fucking subtitles.
1: And and like the this is a perfectly serviceable acceptable film. It's not even that badly paced.
0: No, no, it's got some really nice shots in it. Um those those shots that actually last longer than a second across right. nice. Uh... Um I the combat say,
1: sequences are interesting, but they are so uh, distracting because was, of the many, many cuts.
0: Yeah, I was going to ask you another question there, uh, get your opinion on this. Can we call them combat sequences when every single punch, shot, kick, whatever, when every single element of the combat is its own individual shot, because at that point I failed to see where there was any choreography <laughs> it's oh, yeah. just it's
1: all done it, in the editing yeah
0: yeah it's just like a almost like a zootrope of hitting. <laughs> there are it, a, it, a couple I, I can't of... call them fight scenes. they don't feel like fight scenes they're just it's like an Edgar Wright montage like Edgar Wright's signature sort of quick time frame montage of like someone getting ready to do something.
1: That but applied but... to combat
0: and stretched over a whole movie instead of just like one or two scenes.
1: Yeah, there are a few sequences where it either works better or they do apply some longer shots. Uh, there's an early scene where she's hanging from a thing and doing a little bit of, like, rope dance stuff. And there's a couple of those shots that are longer that, like, hey, somebody went to some effort. Um, Even that one, though. Oh, yeah. I
0: just just dizzying and nauseating. That th- Those are the two words that best describe pretty much every action sequence, I, I, I feel. but they
1: are at least energetic as a result and they do show some creativity towards the environments that they're fighting in like um there's a a fight between isaacs and alice on top of a transport carrier in this and there are zombies running all over yeah the
0: fighting of isaacs was interesting
1: yeah yeah, so th- there's a few points where it works well, and like there's a zombie comes up, and she stops momentarily to like impale its head on a spiky thing there, and like there's, it feels but dynamic again, at least.
0: That also might be an issue. Now, like I don't know if you know this, uh, but I'm a professional wrestler now. That's um, true for definite. Yeah, and there's a little thing uh, in, in that we in the business call ring psychology. Um, The psychology of a match uh, The logic of a fight Like how you tell a story with the fight that's going on Um, You know, is is one combatant working A particular area of their opponent's body And is that going to come into play later in the match That sort of thing Mm -hmm. These action sequences have no What we would call psychology Because It's like action figures being mashed together. It's like, yeah, there are cool spots. There are cool sequences. Like, not even sequences. There are cool shots.
1: But it doesn't feel like there's any sort of progression in the combat.
0: No connective tissue. Yeah, Nothing combining all of these awesome little flips and... And, and shootings and stabby zombie in the head and cut this bloke's hand off and pop this bike out the side of a tank because that was there because it was needed for the scene. Um, I think
1: probably the most sort of frustrating, I, I want, the word I wanted to use for a moment there was insulting. But I think frustrating is more appropriate uh, issue with this is that there are it, the film demands that you pay attention to it through all of these quick cuts and be able to track kind of what's going along because there will be just a quick shot of a significant you know soon to be significant plot thing
0: yeah yeah they'll throw that in and i wonder if they did that on purpose as well like they make all this fucking this dizzying array of obfuscating footage so they can slip something in amongst it all So that later on, when they reveal there was a, a twisty meaning to it, they can flash back to it to say, look, it's definitely in this movie, but it would be too obvious if they lingered on it for too long, so they just splice it in with all of this chaos and anarchy so they can pretend they're clever when they really weren't. They were just hiding how obvious an upcoming twist was by smuggling it in amongst... What is an audiovisual nightmare? <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, i i would I would concur. I think there is really one sequence in this film that probably should have had a seizure warning attached to it. Um, that being the the vent scene, where my eye was so distracted for the I don't know. I think that that sequence probably runs four minutes uh, mm-hmm. solid. Uh, I can't say for sure because when I was actually paying attention to it, uh, I, I played it at double speed because I knew it ran for fucking <laughs> ever. Uh, but it's, yeah.
0: Sometimes it, I I just was compelled to look away. Like I know I sometimes talk about how a movie bores me and so I'll I'll You'll multi-task. get distracted
1: and wander off or something, sure. This but yeah. was
0: like I don't want to migraine this morning. it's an
1: assault on your senses,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. it honestly is just being punched in the face with movie, and that's that do you think do you think it's the final- ch- how do you think they're gonna go i I'll, I'll give you three options uh and and you can predict one of these three, yeah. We will get another Resident Evil movie that is just a continuation of this one, Final Chapter Be Damned. We will get... That's option A. Option B, a full-on Resident Evil... Because obviously there's going to be another Resi movie. So option B, a full-on reboot. New cast, new story, possibly an attempt to go full Spencer Mansion, you know, more traditionalist, whatever. Or... Reboot, but with Mila Jovovich again.
1: Um, I, I don't know. I think it is probably more likely uh, that we get a sequel than the full-on reboot. Mm-hmm. But I think the full-on reboot is, I mean, it's. It's close, <laughs> which one it would be. <laughs> I think either way... Soft
0: reboot, I guess, is another option. That's my like uh, yeah.
1: Hollywood favorite now,
0: the old soft reboot. I think
1: either way, uh, Jovovich winds up in it.
0: Yes, could be a cameo thing or a... Yeah. Or a what uh, have and, you. And,
1: and, I think, and I think that applies in both cases. Even if it's direct sequel, they could direct sequel with a whole new cast of characters... And have Alice come in at the end to be better than everyone. Yes, because
0: yeah. we've got to remember that, right? She she is better. She she is the Ronda Rousey as compared to the oh. entire WWE Women's Division. Um, <laughs> this, in this, this shade. Sunday
1: night.
0: <laughs> um, there's a lot. There's a lot worth throwing.
1: Um, but no, I think you're absolutely right that there's no chance that there is not another Resident Evil movie. Just to put this into context, okay, we have now six films that have generated over $1.2 billion in box office revenues.
0: Oh, fuck my dirty mouth.
1: Okay, at a cost of $288 million, so nearly a billion Dollars in profit on these films and this one made enough money at the box office to absorb the cost of every other film in the franchise. So yeah. There's gonna be another one. Yeah.
0: Um, yeah, there is absolutely no doubt that the final chapter be damned um, but I have a feeling... I have a feeling either way, whether it's a sequel or not, they'll give it a couple years and just call it Resident Evil. Yeah, uh, because it, it ends up embarrassing after well, a
1: while. And that's so, and that's the trend, you know. We're gonna yeah. get Tomb Raider again. We're gonna, yeah. That that's that's how it happens. Uh, so yeah, I would fully expect a fresh Resident Evil start, um, but more movies. Yeah. Do you want to talk about this one?
0: No, but we will, uh, because I have to, uh, because I fucking agreed to it. Um, So let's talk about Resident Evil, the final-ish chapter.
1: We begin one last-ish time (laughs) with voiceover exposition from Alice. Now that's the thing, if they don't start the reboot with this, I I won't know what to think.
0: I mean, it won't be a real Resident Evil movie if there isn't a long bit of voiceover exposition uh, to get out of having to show us things. Uh, this one is particularly impressive because it goes on for more than five minutes.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's like yeah, it's like four and, a half, four and a half to five minutes, somewhere in there. Because you have to keep in mind, also, there is nearly a minute of production company logos.
0: <laughs> oh, that's true. I skipped that bit. I was like, fuck this. The the the, the movie logos at the beginning goes on for fucking ages. Although to their credit, a minute (laughs) ten, I think those are like the longest lasting shots of the film, (laughs) are the corporate logos at the beginning.
1: (laughs) Uh, Alice, yeah, this it's also kind of remarkable, um, as voiceover, in that it does not actually cover the events of any of the preceding movies
0: no it's well it does
1: but Uh, at the very end
0: (laughs) visually all at once so that if this is your first one you won't have a fucking clue
1: But, but what it does do is give us the necessary information for this movie which you know that's the important bit I guess Uh, And that's the history of the Umbrella Corporation, Uh, which, if I'm, and I'm not remembering too well because I have to some extent tried to forget everything before this. (laughs) Uh, This is, we get more history and more explanation on the Umbrella Corporation's, like, backstory in this four and a half minutes than we've had the entire. Five preceding films. Uh, And I don't think any of it really, apart from a couple of sparse details that are just incidental, are even mentioned. But um, we find out that the Umbrella Corporation was started by a scientist named James Marcus, who had a daughter named Alicia with a rare premature aging disease. Uh, so he's working on a cure for her, and while he's doing that, he also creates a digital facsimile of her for posterity. Uh, but then he does come up with this cure, which is the T-virus, and that's going to repair all the cells in her body, and that, you know, of course, has a ton of other potential possible applications. Uh, but it does have this sort of unfortunate side effect of turning people into zombies. Um, as ever, we get an illustration of a visual depiction of... Zo- uh, an early zombie attack uh, it's not a repeat it's a fresh one which is nice we've we've seen Tokyo a few times we've seen raccoon city uh, this is yeah just... this
0: is all mostly fresh stuff all of the stuff
1: filmed in the recap yeah it, there's very little dependence on on archival footage
0: yeah it's basically a recap of things that have as you say haven't happened in any of the films
1: right uh, but this this kid turns in a skytrain gondola um, and and everyone is dead when the gondola reaches the top, and so that's covered up by umbrella. You know, so this predates all the other incidents, and uh, it leads to a disagreement between Marcus and his co-founder Alexander Isaacs, uh, yes. who Isaacs has been now a a pretty important figure in prior films. It uh, was
0: very important he was in this segment as well because it's easy because there's so much. Going on in these films, you often forget how many fucking antagonists there are. So to get the reminding of Isaacs in there early was good.
1: Yeah, it uh, was it was necessary because mm-hmm. especially because they don't they don't <laughs> go to any effort when he's actually <laughs> it, well we'll get there. Yeah. <laughs> um, so Marcus wants to shut the program down, and Isaacs has him killed by Albert Wesker. Uh, Wesker's not named here, but we're shown him, and that's also important because he is going to be, of of course, central to the rest of this, but he's set up as a stooge for Isaacs. Yeah. Um, Alice then tells us that Isaacs took total control of the company, as well as over the life of Marcus's daughter, and he uses the digital likeness of her to create an AI that runs shit and umbrella, the Red Queen. Then, Ten years ago, an outbreak of the T-virus occurred in Raccoon City, which, despite the deployment of a nuclear weapon by the U.S. government, spread around the world and wiped out most of humanity. And then we're told a final stand was held in Washington, D.C., but according to Alice, it was a trap, and this is the end of her story. But it's—it's it's, that's not the end of her story, because she's now going to give us like another... Eighty minutes of her story. Yeah, like we've we've got a whole film to go,
0: <laughs> <laughs> and even then, at the very end, spoiler, it's just a fucking another sequel hook.
1: <laughs> After a pan shot of a ruined Washington D.C., um, probably just reused from the last film. We see a shrouded Alice emerge from the rubble of the White House. Uh, she makes her way to the National Mall and stops for a drink, uh, but that drink is interrupted by a zombie that is in the reflecting pool and inexplicably chained to something in it.
0: Yeah. Um, she didn't go over the, the great zombie enchaining during the recap, but there was a, an enchaining where all of the zombies were chained up and put in wet things.
1: My assumption, because this was, like, so out of place and strange, that, like, it, I mean, it's leg-chained. Somebody put a chain around someone's leg, either before or after they turned them into a zombie, and on the other side of that chain is something in the reflecting pool of... On the National Mall. Yeah. I just assumed it was symbolism. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure what for. That's the only explanation I could come up with, because narratively, nothing there makes sense.
0: They were like, George Romero did something similar, right? <laughs> we can do this. We can top that. Did you know, I'm actually looking at the trivia now, because I was I was almost certain the internet would have Tallied the number of jump cuts, but I can't find a number. Um, but to answer the question I posed to you earlier, apparently this is only supposedly at the moment. Uh, TV series is the next thing. Oh. Now, why it should have been obvious.
1: Yeah. Yeah. But that that if that happens, it will be fresh cast. Uh, for quite sure. possibly. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. Did
0: also another quite a sad one. Olivia Jackson, stuntwoman, uh, lost her arm in this movie. Oh, my God. Her left arm got injured so bad they had to amputate it during Holy a motorcycle shit. crash. For this film as well. Oh. Like, that's just... Uh. Also, while we're here, um, Megan Charpentier originally played the Red Queen. But obviously, too old now. And um, yes,
1: yes. Well, I, I was gonna. Yeah, I was gonna bring this up at some point. Yeah. More, more, more nepotism. But uh, you know what, though. At I will, least I will I, attack a child for nepotism. <laughs> but I will say this. First off, she's not terrible.
0: No, no, no. Actually, to be fair, not bad.
1: She's not terrible, and I feel like. Eve, Eve, because they're going to do this really horrendous narrative turn later in the film, she makes sense. I'm okay with her. I, yeah, yeah. I, I mean,
0: I'm, I, I was joking. Yeah, I, uh, I She did I, fine enough.
1: Yeah, I can't. I can't drag this decision on any level. Uh,
0: her, her accent gets a bit
1: bizarre sometimes. It does get a little.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm English. Then again, the same's true of Wesker. Some of whatever accent he's doing ends up <laughs> a bit weird sometimes.
1: So Alice continues wandering around this ruined Washington, scavenging for weapons. And in a building, she wakes up one of the horrid zombie dragon things.
0: Yeah, uh, which made me laugh because I don't know if you know this, but I'm a professional wrestler. In here, definitely, I had not heard. Um... And I, I know a zombie dragon in real life. What a death. I,
1: bet, I he's, bet he's more talented.
0: His name is Zombie Dragon. Um, and he's a zombie dragon. He's very talented. One of my favorites in uh, PWA. <laughs> uh, One half of the tag team champions. Well, there you go. Uh, in the left hand path. Uh, very good. Has a, I've talked about him before. Has a mask like a Daedra. Um, very cool. Very cool. Better than this zombie dragon in this. Although right. on Twitter he told me he was a third cousin, <laughs> and <laughs> we were bantering about it on Twitter. Apparently a third cousin, they've and had good times together.
1: I just I don't understand why it's laying there in wait, buried under rubble.
0: I mean, uh, I would say at some point, at, there comes a stage in a zombie apocalypse where. What else are you going to do? I guess. Like, honestly, if you're a zombie dragon <laughs> and you've been zombie dragoning about the place for it's like. It's been 10 years. 10, ten years, which um, canonically and chronologically is impossible um, <laughs> based on the dates we're given throughout the movie franchise. Uh, There's something in the trivia about how it it literally can't have been 10 years, even though it is. Um, But yeah, like after a decade, allegedly, uh, you probably are going to hide under rubble just out of boredom, just to see what it's like. Reminds me of um, a certain uh, point in a certain uh, episode of a certain show where someone's bashing their head against a table in an attempt to make it a hobby. Um, (laughs) Yeah.
1: At some
0: point, you are just going to hide under rubble.
1: I guess because that's fair.
0: Out of boredom, like he probably did, way more interesting things than hide under rubble. Don't get me sure, wrong. Sure. Sure. For the first oh, he's got hobbies.
1: Five years. Yeah, you've got to have hobbies because otherwise, I mean, you'd just go, you'd go mad. I mean, I'm sure he took up knitting, coin mm-hmm. collecting. Yes. And
0: eventually, it's like fuck it. I've done everything. There's no one to talk to. I'm going to go rubber Roll into
1: this destroyed building and just yeah. take a nap. Okay. Now, I I do want to go back to this this timeline thing. Just one quick question about that. Uh it's less time, right? It should less time should have passed than that, right? I believe so. Yeah, couldn't possibly have
0: been that long.
1: Yeah, yeah. I think I know why. Aside a... from the
0: fact that just 10 years... Is a convenient
1: number. The Hollywood standard, this is a long time. I think it's also the amount of time, like, a, a good amount of time for and for the radioactive fallout of dropping a nuke on this city to have dissipated enough to make it possible to enter it and live.
0: Nah. Oh, yeah. They do show the big old crater
1: as a well. big-ass crater. So, it's off to a... Uh... It's off to a Hummer for her to do the, oh, the car won't stop thing for a while while the zombie dragon threatens her, and then chasing happens, and the dragon picks her up for a bit before tearing the roof off the Hummer, and she hits it with the wreckage of a plane before they play a game of chicken that ends with her smashing the dragon into a shipping container and blowing it up with a claymore mine found in the back of the vehicle. Uh, It is just as exciting as I've described it. An air raid siren sounds and a drone flying above identifies Alice. Who is operating the air raid signals and what's setting off the air raid signals? We do not know.
0: Probably, and again, just a theory... More very bored zombies. Okay. Eventually, even a mindless flesh-eating undead monster, given enough time, will be bored enough to think, "What does that button do?" <laughs> uh,
1: but we do. This does indicate that someone is still tracking her with, you know, satellites and whatnot. Uh, so that 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 thread's still running through. She wanders into another building and follows some noises to an old line printer that's A, functioning, and B, in this place for reasons. Again,
0: eventually zombies are just <laughs> going to start fixing printers. shit. I I realise now, as I say this, I'm actually just relaying the plot of, uh, I believe, Land of the Dead, where eventually (laughs) the zombies just start reverting back to doing normal shit. Yeah,
1: the the guy with the
0: gas pump. Yeah, because eventually uh, Romero just got too fucking wacky.
1: Yeah. Well, you know, he's... It, either that or he's like, God damn it, okay. People people haven't gotten it yet. People haven't gotten the <laughs> zombies or us. Alright, what can we do? I know. We'll just make them us. In the most explicit <laughs> way we can. Uh then a bunch of screens turn on and reveal the red queen. Again, a whole like complicated array of monitors. These zombies have gotten very good at IT. Uh, And the Red Queen lets her know that the last human settlements on Earth are going to be decimated in 48 hours. And, curiously, asks that Alice prevent this by returning to the hive underneath Raccoon City and finding an airborne antivirus that will kill anything infected by the T-virus. And to sweeten the deal, she's throwing in Wesker. Who has also just arrived at the hive, after having set up that whole Washington D.C. last stand thing as yet another convoluted plan to kill Alice? Now, well, okay.
0: <laughs> uh, yeah, remind me again. How did the last movie end? Because again, these all blur in my mind. Is the did the last movie end in the
1: White House? The last movie ended atop the White House. Yeah. With Wesker having assembled Alice and a few other remnants of humanity, some umbrella crew, and and he says, this is all that's left. And it looked
0: like that could have been a cool premise for a movie, but then this one happens and that's all
1: just gone. Yeah, it's a setup for a big, like, climactic battle to happen. Yeah. Uh, None of which, and then it jumps an indeterminate amount of time from all of the creatures flying at them atop the White House to nobody at the White House. (laughs) But I'd like to go a little further back and and, and talk a little bit more about the last film. Because if you'll recall, the last film began, and, and I know we've all tried to forget this, but the last film began with Alice having been captured by Jill Valentine,
0: Mm-hmm. Uh The actress who portrayed Jill Valentine, by the way, was not asked, along with many other cast members, not asked to come back for this one.
1: They had her. Umbrella had her. Yes. And then the plot of the prior movie, the fifth installment, Resident Evil Retribution, if I'm remembering correctly. One of them is that Wesker goes to Alice and helps her to escape with the assistance of the Red Queen from an umbrella facility where she's been held, only to lead her... To a trap in Washington, D.C., where she is supposed to die.
0: What I mean, the fuck? Considering this movie constantly hand waves away any plot hole with <laughs> mm, mm, clones, <laughs> I really don't think trying to question any plot hole is going to lead to fruit at the end of the
1: tree here. But but I've never seen such an easy dismissal of the events of an entire film. (laughs) Just God. Yeah. So, Alice decides to go through with it.
0: Yeah. I think just the whole film assumes no one could possibly pay attention because of how much nonsense is happening
1: uh, well yeah I think that that's probably uh, uh, it just does it just makes no sense
0: yeah I mean the movie itself like just just has no attention span so it makes it, it, it makes no surprise in my mind that this one just discards the last one there is in fact much of what happens in this movie, renders a lot of plot threads in the other ones pointless and meaningless and makes you wonder why the fuck did we get through so many films to reach this point.
1: Yeah, I think I think that's a, a pretty fair assessment. And Yeah.
0: And uh, I mean narratively, obviously the answer is money, money, money.
1: Right. But I mean even in terms of like the characters in this one. Nobody there there are three characters that are given enough to develop. And have the range to develop in. And that's it. For a movie that has, like, I would say, nine supposedly significant characters. Give or take. Yeah. That's a pretty shit record. <laughs> like, that is not great. Uh, but Alice heads off towards Raccoon City in a car. But about 50 miles out of town, she hits a spike strip and has to get out of her car. And when she gets out of her car, she steps down on her foot and, and seems to have a, like a twisted ankle or a broken ankle or something, because they make a big point out of how she's slightly crippled. And she, then, then her limping is not so severe as she starts looking for a new vehicle and, and finds one under an overpass, an unattended shiny-looking umbrella motorcycle, which, like, she takes one look at it and thinks, it's a trap. The audience takes one look at it and says, well, that's a trap. Mm-hmm. A- and then she acts really, really surprised by the guy who pops up from, again, under rubble. He buried himself. He could have just <laughs> hidden behind the... the- you know, piles of tires or whatever, but he actually put debris atop, like built himself a little debris shelter so that he could pop up out from out it and have this big dramatic shower of debris.
0: I like to think he spent five hours on it. <laughs> Sometimes, like, like he had a few practice runs as well. He was like, like, popping out, showing it to some of the others, like, how cold does this look? They're like, a couple more Just put a bit more debris on top of yourself. This was a real group project,
1: yeah. Everybody had a hand in this, and and I just want to say to everybody, I think we've got a really good jump scare here. Uh, (laughs) Really happy with how everybody came together. Real team effort. Let's do this for Umbrella. Come on! Hoorah! Uh, The dude does pop out of the rubble, so Alice backs up a couple steps, and steps conveniently into a small foot-sized clamp that grabs her and pulls her into the air while a few more dudes drop down from the overpass. Uh, The jump-scare guy hits her a couple of times in the stomach before she then laughs at them, grabs his gun, and does fancy hanging from rope by foot fighting until they're all dead.
0: Yeah. Which, again is presented to us with uh, a nauseating array of jump cuts.
1: Yep, yeah. and and yeah. I'm sure they got a really good Cirque du Soleil performer to film for that one long shot where sure. she does a full 360-degree rotation.
0: Yeah. yeah, a comparatively long shot. Well, right, that's what it's I... it's more yeah. than half a second. Yeah, well, those um, people can do
1: a rotation pretty quickly. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh, also, it's worth pointing out that uh, there's a lot of shaky cam as well just in case uh, there was a risk of 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 someone not throwing up into a small paper bag.
1: But I, you know, I and this is like the first, I guess, real action that you can you know the cl- the close up action event of this film's the first one of those. And to the credit <coughs> of Paul W S Anderson, he has absolutely learned a lot. Over the course of his filmmaking career, leading up to this point,
0: I mean, you compare the filmmaking of this to that—the the first ever Resident Evil—and everything's scaled up for sure.
1: Oh yeah, I mean, and it's—it's it's, he has learned how to hide the problems very effectively. Um, I there's one point later on here that I'm just I'm so I'm so proud of him even uh, for figuring it out. Uh, And and executing so well. So uh, she, having defeated all of these people, goes to hop on the bike, but it has security countermeasures on it. Uh, I don't know why you would look at a motorcycle that has a thumbprint scanner identifier uh, and the, the motorcycle is owned by a company that knows who you are and classifies you as a threat and would expect that your thumbprint would cause the vehicle to start. It's not just zombies that get bored in a zombie apocalypse. <laughs> Even the survivors
0: at some point are like, you know what? I've not had myself identified as a threat by a motorbike before. That's novel.
1: But, uh, yeah, she she does it, and, uh, and it starts, but then electrifies her, uh, rendering her unconscious. Uh, this is a a, a running gag um, in this film. Enjoy it. She awakens, chained to some kind of vehicle. Uh, in the in, chained inside some vehicle. I should I should know because <laughs> we'll see. Uh, with about a dozen other people who seem very very upset about her asking where she is. Uh, it turns out that they're pretty scared of whoever is in charge, um, and. That turns out to be Dr. Isaacs, who you may recall, was killed by Alice during the events of Resident Evil Retribution. How could this be? Well, Alice realizes that now that she killed a clone.
0: Well, yeah. And it's it's Let us not speak of it again. It's dismissed so easily. Like, Like, if they hadn't have just straight up ignored the ending of the last movie, this would be the point where we could have said, I've never seen a plot. Thread dismissed so easily. It really was as quick as, oh, I killed your clone instead. Right, moving on. Well, uh, I, that aside, uh, and again, to give Anderson credit and, and, you know, the many other people that have that worked on this film, um, I lo- I really did like the interior shot of this tank with oh all my of God, the, yes. the crucifixes hanging. Thank you. I You've was got, just about to bring that up. Yeah.
1: The, the design of this interior is awesome. It's yeah, like, really, it's rusty, this... it's, it, but it has these, yes, it has the crucifixes all just sort of dangling everywhere. There's this
0: militant aspect to it, but a cult-like aspect as well. You've got Alice there in the Bindings of Isaacs and all of these other people uh, inside, scared and weird. And the way it's framed, and there aren't many jump cuts here either, so you can actually linger on some things and appreciate the mise-en-scene, um, but yeah, yeah, it, it, this one moment, uh, I think this is the only moment in the whole film where I was like, you know what, Th- this I actually think is quite atmospheric and moody and, and well well portrayed.
1: Yes. but <laughs> <laughs> why are these people here
0: now that part of it? Let's not worry about it.
1: Okay, sounds good.
0: It makes for a cool shot. It
1: makes for a very cool shot, and so I, fuck it. I'm like, I, I could come up with a narrow de- justification for it. But... I mean,
0: I could as well. Like, are they there as zombie bait? Or, but then again, why? Why that whole unbelievable shit that comes up in a minute? Why is he running a cult inside a tank? It's cool, but why is he doing it?
1: Well, uh, actually, I, well, that I think we might be able to... Oh, all right, I don't, you know, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. Uh, but uh, Isaacs reveals that she, Alice has delayed their work in cleansing by at least a year. Uh, to which Alice comments that, you know, he could have ended this at any time, alluding to the uh, existence of the antivirus. And this causes Isaacs to suspect that Alice knows more than she's letting on, i.e. the antivirus that she has very clearly alluded to. So he takes her out of the vehicle, which is in motion uh, this whole time and ties her to the back of it to run behind and be chased by a horde of zombies that's in pursuit of the vehicle until she is ready to reveal what she knows. Um, yeah. I,
0: uh, Again, it was one of those things where it's like, they had the cool visual, right? and, and that was it. That's all they wanted and needed and cared about.
1: Yeah, this... <coughs> and... And they try to run it out, right? They, they, they try to extend this gag. Yeah. Um, so I don't I don't know how I, how I feel about it. It, it doesn't it doesn't make a whole lot of sense narratively, but it is kind of a cool shot. And it does give Alice an opportunity to demonstrate how awesome she is in a minute. Uh, back at the hive. Wesker gets contacted by Isaacs, who shows him the still-alive Alice running behind the transport and relays his, his suspicions of her knowledge about the antivirus. Uh, so he orders him to set the security of the hive to maximum. Heading back to the road, Alice, is, Al- Alice manages to grab the back of the transport while the guard atop isn't looking directly at her. And he pulls him down to be overrun by zombies. Now, uh, a second guard gets sent up top to check on the first guard when shots are heard, and then he gets thrown off the side. (laughs) And then it's Isaac's turn, and fighting really happens. And there is a fair bit of back and forth in this fight. It's a pretty evenly matched kind of deal. Alice, of course, winning because she is better.
0: She's so
1: good. Uh, so she gets to get her cuffs removed at one point and a good cut on his back. And uh, and it's around this point that the second transport that's running parallel to them finally observes them fighting and fires their minigun in their direction. Now, I just... Who trained these motherfuckers? They are firing a minigun. That's a lot of ordnance. It's a big spread. Mm-hmm. High wind conditions. Yeah, yeah. And the CEO of your company is on top. Like, he's in the light of fire. Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. I I fail to see what your issue here is, because it's an umbrella employee. Right. So, of course, he'd be terrible at this and would fire a minigun at his own CEO by accident.
1: You know what? You're right. I'm a That's
0: fool. the one of the few narrative consistencies <laughs> in the film.
1: <laughs> so, Although
0: of course again the more cynical and true answer is well they thought it would be cool so why not.
1: Well and they had to get them onto the side of the transport they had to get them both on the side of the transport somehow so that Alice could discover that the transport has a storage bay with a motorcycle on it.
0: Yep. Okay, why not? I mean, that, again, just is so typical of these movies. Uh, it's like, it's like, how cool would it be to have this motorcycle here? Yeah, we, Alice needs a motorcycle to get away. Oh, it just so happens that the tanks have motorbikes that pop out the side <laughs> of them. Each one has a little, dr- basically like a drawer that opens and there's a <laughs> motorbike inside. Hop on, time for the next scene. Of course. We've, we've had our uh, ghoulish blast in the eyes and ears of action here. Let's go do it somewhere else now. Let's, let's, let's shoot people with a blunderbuss of fuck somewhere else.
1: So Isaacs points out that, hey, what, well, you can't start that bike up, you dummy. So of course she cuts off his hand. And uses it to start the bike and rides yes. off. It's very clever. Very, very clever. We haven't. Yeah. There's so many things in this movie that we have seen in so many of the movies that we've watched just for this now <laughs> that it's a bit out of hand. Ha 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 ha! Good joke. Thank you. So she rides off, and uh, one of. Uh, the guys in Isaac's transport is trying to gun after her and, you know, fires their mini gun but can't get her because she's so much better. And then he fires a missile that hits a car in front of her and she disappears in the ensuing fireball and she manages to, you know, get away because she's able to drive faster on her motorcycle than they can in their tank. So she's getting some distance on them. Yeah. And a super bummed out Isaac's gets a rubber thing put on his stump. He's, yeah, he he's does. pretty emotionally devastated by this, and I think he's just humiliated by the process of the like. That's the the sense I'm getting from him, is that he's like, oh god, now, like this is gonna look hideous. This is not this mm-hmm. is not gonna be a good look for me. Eighteen hours to go. And Wesker's informed by the Red Queen that Alice is approaching, so the hive goes into lockdown. I'm not sure how that's different from security at maximum, but okay, they've they've changed another setting. Uh, now
0: you can't get into the cafeteria. <laughs> you can't even you can't even put the Q rig on.
1: Yeah, they, yeah, they've shut they've shut down the mess hall. Uh, so if you were planning on getting a late night snack, mm-hmm. sorry, Alice is coming.
0: And if you need a piss, tie a knot in it.
1: And Wesker requests that contact be made with an informant that Umbrella has in Raccoon City. Ooh. <gasps> but that means betrayal. And speaking of Raccoon City, Raccoon City is fucked. Um, as Alice rides into the wasted city, she uh, winds up tripping some form of crude trap with a swing bar that knocks her right off the bike and into unconsciousness. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Being being knocked into or off things, and becoming unconscious is a great way to get you into new scenes. It really is. Without, it's great without any transition. It is
1: it is totally subtle. It, mm-hmm. It's like the most subtle of scene transitions, uh, particularly when you then spend like twenty five ensuing seconds uh, having them slowly come out of it with semi associated visuals to what they're seeing. Yeah, eats up time. Yeah, it's real good. Uh, and she's awakened, in this case, by a dude standing over her with a syringe, which, that's comforting. And so she quickly turns the table on him, uh, but he's not alone. And there's a whole bunch of people here, and after a tense standoff with this new group of people, we learn that one of them's Claire Redfield. <gasps> Fucking hell, I hate this film. We haven't seen her since, like, the second movie, I think? I think it was later than
0: that. I think it might have been the third. Okay, that could be right. Might have been the third. I don't think Claire was in the second. The second was, because um, that was in Raccoon City.
1: Claire oh, that's Redfield right, yeah. was
0: uh was, I think, with the...
1: Yeah. It doesn't
0: matter. It doesn't it's, matter. It's,
1: it's the one that I think ends with them on the tanker. And Jill coming after mm, them.
0: Something on that. Yeah.
1: <clears throat> well, uh, she got captured by Umbrella wherever it was she was last seen. And I'd like to note that that is exactly what I wrote in the synopsis, wherever <laughs> she was last seen. I, I did not go check at any point. Um, and she was being brought to the hive. But uh, she caused the Pilots to crashed the plane and escaped, or something. And so she's holed up here in Raccoon City with a group of survivors in a crumbling skyscraper. And they're all kind of fucked, because, heh, Isaacs is on the way with that horde of zombies in his wake. So after there's a little bit of dramatic tension in fighting caused by the rash and emotional Christian, who is totally, you know, totally the guy that we should all be suspecting is the traitor... Because of how he immediately demonstrates his mistrust of Alice. Fucking bad. Because, bad bastard. Because this movie thinks you're a fucking idiot. Uh, Alice <laughs> manages to... Uh, she, or she tries to convince the survivors to flee while she goes on to the High of Alone. But before any action can be taken, she collapses. So yeah. Claire... And the leader of the survivors, Doc, takes her to an infirmary where Doc gives her a healing potion. <laughs> Literally a healing potion. Which he has to, of course, take a drink of first because it's very important that we establish that uh, Alice does not trust these people. You know, she trusts Claire. She has experience with Claire, but she doesn't trust anyone else here. That's important. It's really mm-hmm. important that we establish this firmly in the narrative. She does not trust these people. She's not. I, I let
0: me just clarify. She doesn't trust these people. These these people, right? These specific
1: survivors okay. does not trust oh. them. Right. does right. Doesn't
0: doesn't trust them. Okay. Uh,
1: and Claire makes it obvious that she's been shacking up with Doc, uh, who gets Doc gets called away to go address the rest of the survivors who are uh, clearly concerned about the odd coming zombie horde. It's a little bit worrying. A little concerning, uh, sure. Uh, So Alice tells Claire about the existence of Umbrella's Cure. And Claire first is like, okay, so you don't trust these people that I've been hanging out with, but you're going to trust the AI that has betrayed (laughs) you on multiplications. Sure. Fair point. Uh, But Alice is like, well, there's a chance I got to do it. And, and then... Uh... I wish she said it like that. <laughs> and Claire also points out that the cure will probably kill Alice in the process if, if, if it works as advertised and kills anything infected with the T-virus because Alice was infected with the T-virus. Oh, and by the way, by the way, I would like to also point out, just go just roll it back. At the end of the last movie, Wesker ejects her with the T-virus to give her her powers back for this final battle. And then it's just dropped. She's like, no, nah, he was yeah. Taking it.
0: Yeah, I was thinking about that. Like, I like, I, I, was sure that they put her back into super-powered mode. They
1: had, and I think they casually just dismiss it as part of the ruse that Wesker yeah, perpetrated. Probably. He injected a clone. It was a,
0: <laughs> the, the syringe was a clone. <laughs> the syringe, yes.
1: That's it.
0: When in doubt, clones... This movie made me realize clone
1: plots are almost as bad as time travel plots. Just about, yeah. Uh, So, Claire agrees with Alice's plan. On the condition that they first make the stand against Isaacs. Which, why? Not sure why? Oh, oh wait, I know. So we can have a big siege scene. That's why. Okay. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) So they move to prepare, and as they're doing that, Christian, again, raises pointed concerns about Alice when she's given a shotgun with three barrels.
0: What a piece of shit.
1: Yeah. Clearly, this guy is someone we need to be paying attention to because he does not trust Alice, and we all know that Alice is better than everyone here.
0: Well, yeah, I mean... The fact he didn't immediately drop to his knees, eat her ass, and express gratitude for every nugget of shit that fell down his throat makes him a complete dickhead.
1: Gotta be the bad guy. Uh, And then Alice warns Claire to watch her back because she points out that, hey, you know... Somebody was watching me come into the city. Anybody could have warned me about this trap that nearly killed me, and they didn't. So... Maybe watch your back. Wesker updates Isaacs with intel on Alice's position, having acquired knowledge from their informant in the camp. Meanwhile, Alice meets Abigail, whose name may or may not ever have been said in this film she is a plucky teen with a talent for engineering and uh, and it's important to us that we establish an emotional connection between these two strong female characters for reasons
0: Mm -hmm. Uh, because movies have those right and this movie knows it's a movie and has to do what movie things do
1: And they also have a really, really lengthy, drawn-out death sequence planned for this character. Of course they do. And and so it's important that Alice care about her more than anyone else here. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Got to get that that heartbreak in there. Um, Just got to tick those boxes, those kinds of boxes that make you incalculable amounts of money.
1: (laughs) This is, it is obscene, right? Can I just go back and address this, how much money this made? Obscene.
0: Oh dear. Well, at least it doesn't have loot boxes. (laughs) They haven't found a way to put those in films
1: yet. As the man in the stall said to the man waiting, give me time, baby. Hmm. So the zombies come rolling up just as Alice is putting some finishing touches on spray paint on the road coming up to it. So she runs back inside to give orders tower defensing happens. Abigail turned her crane thing into a catapult on Alice's orders, and the survivors launch flaming barrels and gasoline at the incoming transports, destroying one, but not the one Isaacs is, is you know, riding atop, like some sort of conquering crusader.
0: Honestly, like, it, it gets a bit Mad Max.
1: It does! Uh, Isaacs then releases one of the survivors in his thing, To go running from the zombies. So this, apparently, that is what they're for, is to be used as bait. Yeah, yeah. Um, Knowing that you know these good-hearted survivors are going to lower the gate to let this person in, uh, Alice, who doesn't trust anyone, is going to immediately see this (laughs) fleeing person, and and decide that their life is more important. Than her own life and the lives of all of these other people here that she doesn't trust,
0: and and the chance to get a cure, right,
1: that too. So they lower the gate, try to rescue her, and and then Isaac shoots her at the back just before that she reaches the gate because he's a dick, and it, like it's it is so unnecessary for him to do. Just so completely not necessary. It's just a dick move, and I love it. Because it's not like it's not like this survivor is going to get in there, they're going to hand her a gun, and she's going to turn the tide of the battle or something. As entertaining as that would be, how great would it be if she got in there and it turned out she was better than Alice and the whole movie be became amazing. about her? <laughs> not what happens. Uh, not quite. Uh, so then they, you know, close the, the gate, but some zombies get in, and that causes them to fall back, and there's some other countermeasures, including raining concrete down on the incoming zombies, and then later pouring their burning fuel into the center of the building, t- having attracted the whole, you know, as much of the horde as they can, and just incinerating them. Yeah. Neat shots. Really cool-looking shots. Dumb, dangerous Certainly, fatal idea. <laughs> it's an umbrella level idea. Th- yes, like yes, the survivors are now take their cues from the corporation I like, that destroyed the world.
0: I like to imagine Isaac's is outside thinking, "Oh, that's a good one." That's
1: a nice touch. I yeah, yeah I wish notes. I had that.
0: <laughs> Can we patent this? If I had two hands, I'd be writing these down.
1: You know, you know what this, you know what this needs, though a big underground base.
0: Holy shit, that's a fantastic idea. (laughs) Do you think we can get one of those? Uh,
1: Eventually, Alice ziplines from the top of the tower, uh, leaving everybody else up there to die, I guess. As it burns (laughs) to the ground in cinders. Just a thought. It's okay. Uh... So she fights her way through this now-diminished horde to pour gasoline directly into the vents on Isaac's transport and drop a flare in it. This is fun. And it's a good shot. It's a neat effect. It's not effective, apparently, because I guess the only people that died in there were the survivors that -hmm. were in there. Like the the religious semi-captive people. Because there's two other guys that get out of it and fight her. <laughs> and that doesn't even account for Isaacs. Uh, but the first guy pops up out of the tank, and, and he gets shot in the head immediately. And the uh, a second guy, uh, who is very good at martial arts, uh, does the fight with Alice for a bit before she shoots him in the chest with her tri-barrel shotgun. She then goes looking for Isaacs, but he's long gone. So she yeah. settles for... She
0: failed in the finding of Isaacs. Hey-o! I was wondering
1: how long it would take you to
0: react to one of those. I've been doing them the whole show. I, I got I got RhymeZone.com open on my phone. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> so she settles for, for having the martial arts guy get the same running from the zombies treatment she had previously as the survivors drive off in. Isaac's transport which is now still functioning despite the fact that there was a explosion of gasoline
0: inside of it there was still enough gasoline left when when you explode gasoline it only like only about like 50 percent of it catches fire
1: well I was I was just I mean I'm not even talking about needing fuel to operate the vehicle I'm talking about Damage to the inside of the vehicle and its controls. No, and no, it took no, it took no?
0: no damage. And just, it's, it took no damage, and it's got a gas. It's just fine. Okay, everything is fine.
1: <laughs> the survivors observe two more undead armies are converging on their location. Uh, so, which out- they they detect
0: with heat signature, right? Yes, on the cold undead. <laughs> That, that immediately stood out to me You see this big mass of red heat signatures <laughs> Which again Cool visual Scientifically improbable
1: Right uh, Unless uh, Unless, you know, unless the- it
0: was established in, in one of the other Highly forgettable films That our zombies are warm and I mean they can be knocked out with Kicks to their heads, so who the fuck knows
1: Maybe they're generating Friction on their feet From the running and that's what's getting picked up. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> Yo, it's like it's like being able to see someone's footprints in Metal Gear Solid with the thermographic go- goggles on.
0: Yeah. 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 <laughs> Why fucking not?
1: So Alice decides it's time to do that hive thing because of these incoming armies. That, and she has less than three hours at this point, according to the watch on her arm. So she's got to get a wriggle on. Yeah. Every survivor that we've met in the last ten minutes, including Christian and even a couple of people we've never met before, are totally down for this plan now, and they're all gonna accompany her. hmm They all trust each other now because That's the thing, Alice has no it's time problem for a new scene. no problem taking everybody along for this trip. Despite yeah. her earlier warnings that maybe they shouldn't trust everyone here.
0: Yeah, but that was a that was a that was a different that was a different part of the
1: film. <laughs> it was before they had this bonding mo- moment where they all defended against zombies and Umbrella. Good
0: enough. Sure. Good enough.
1: In the Hive, Wesker decides to take full control of the facility's security measures, pointing out that Alice got away last time when Red Queen was running things. Just not an invalid point on his part. Uh, he releases the hounds and... And right here, I mean, this is this scene, there's a chase scene with the uh, T-virus mutated dogs, the Cerberus, and I, you really don't need any better side-by-side comparison, I think, between the first Resident Evil and this one to see how this particular creature is handled. Uh, night and day difference in, in the approach by, by the direction, and it looks mm-hmm. great. It's a solid sequence. It, it even doesn't cut as much as a lot of the other stuff in this. Uh, but it manages to keep the lighting dark enough, you know, makes really effective use of shadows to disguise any problems that might have co- cropped up with the CG. Uh, it feels natural and, and right for what this is. Uh, so good for you, Paul W. S. Anderson. You finally got it right. Took, you know, took a few tries, but you got there. Uh,
0: That's what what matters. So long as you get there in the end and you make millions and millions and millions of dollars doing
1: it. And and as long as it's not the end and you can continue to potentially make millions and millions more. Yeah.
0: Uh, Imagine when Resident Evil, the final chapter, comes
1: out. So More final than the last the chasing happens one of the survivors bites it i don't i don't know which one it's probably it one of matter. the two that we hadn't had any time with prior to now they are all
0: bullshit yeah. like they, they as well have been credited in in the end credits as bullshit a and bullshit b
1: yeah there no no time has been spent on any of these characters with the exception of Doc, who is, you know, Claire's boyfriend and leader of this group. Christian, who is the guy who doesn't trust Alice, but now does because Alice helped them fight everyone off. And an engineer girl that we got, you know, 15 seconds with. We know she's an engineer girl. And a a girl. Mm -hmm. And an engineer.
0: Mm -hmm. (laughs)
1: Mm-hmm. But that that oh her, her dad owned a chop shop she wasn't really into it
0: oh yeah I remember that bit
1: but 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 she picked up a few things she's a girl she picked up enough to have she picked up skills as the plot requires she picked up enough to know how to build a crane and then modify that crane into a catapult
0: <laughs> just a few things a
1: very accurate catapult
0: like the things they teach you first day. <laughs> All right, today catapults. Tomorrow, the actual
1: job. Uh, this, uh, so they, they escape the dogs by jumping into the creator. In, into the creator, oh God. There's a visual. <coughs> mm. By jumping into the crater caused by the nuclear strike on Raccoon City. It's a short-lived escape because the dogs just, you know, come around to the shore that they come out of and uh
0: i did like the dog designs this time because i was rolling my eyes and going oh god it's dog time again and then i was like oh no they actually look pretty scary they
1: look good yeah like i said they look good and and where they might not look good you can't tell
0: yeah like he keeps the cgi stuff um in dark areas you know not a lot of broad daylight cg going on um which always helps um they're very sort of sloppy and 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 gruesome and wrinkly which helps like smooth things in cgi don't work so oh well. i
1: mean they're just big old vagina heads
0: oh yeah yeah they got some big old vag head going on yep like they 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 just open right up like a face hugger egg oh by the way whoever sent me a uh, a life-size uh alien face hugger egg <laughs> thank you
1: wow um oh i think
0: sometimes i put things on a wish list in the hopes that like you know my other half will get them um <laughs> but she doesn't because she's got more sense than that um but then like other people find it and, and buy the things i'm not putting on there expecting people to get and then i end up with a face hugger egg that's now in the living room and and i'm being told can't stay there <laughs> looks so good, though. Thank you, whoever that was. I, I looked for a note attached, but I couldn't find one.
1: Yeah, these... drop,
0: drop me an email if you sent it. If you really did. I don't want five fucking emails.
1: Now, these, these Cerberus are basically the lost painting of Georgia O'Keeffe. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, they're, they're chased now to a tunnel entrance uh, that the dogs won't go into, but another guy gets his throat ripped so we're just they're just dropping like flies they are getting as much attention in death as they were granted in life <laughs> uh, and the very
0: definition of dying how they lived pointlessly
1: Wesker orders the hive sealed and it turns out that this log tunnel that they're in is the door this is the mm-hmm. thickest fucking door I've ever seen guess it's got to be you know Almost a football field. So they all run down, you know, the tunnel to the door. And Alice almost doesn't make it through because the film needed more dramatic tension but only has so many expendable characters and they just blew two of them on the dogs. Yeah. So a zombie comes up pretty much out of fucking nowhere and slows her down. And she has to fight it a bit before she makes it in. And the team... Hang on.
0: Um, Remind me again. Yeah. Um... Because, uh, like I say, this this movie is a just a, a, a terrifying blur. Um, not terrifying in the way they want it to be. Uh, is this the bit where the, the 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 walls are closing in? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, because I was going to point out sh- they were all running while the walls are closing in on them. Right. If Claire hadn't have shouted Alice to get her to look behind her, Alice would have just kept running. <laughs> Alice would have just kept running, and the zombie probably would have gotten <laughs> by the closing walls.
1: Oh, my God. Wait, oh, hold on. Hold on a second. It, oh, you see, now that is a missed opportunity to introduce a red herring that Claire is maybe the <laughs> umbrella oh, informant. Oh, sure.
0: If, if the movie was well-written then that might have been a red herring. Instead, they were only thinking of surface level as we need another bit of fighting to happen. We need just a little so more tension let's... in the scene. Yeah. Like, it's not tense enough that they're just running while the walls are closing in on them. We need Alice to stop and fight a zombie while the walls are closing in on them. Because so let's have a zombie come out of nowhere and have Claire shout Alice and have Alice not do the smart thing and keep fucking running. Let's have her stop turn, look behind herself, and fight a zombie while the walls are closing in on them. Fuck this movie. And it's
1: a little... I guess it's... I, th- I think the thing that's silliest about it is that like, they're doing this with the character that everybody knows is going to live at least to the last ten minutes. Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's like the most important character.
1: And every other... Well, she's better than everyone. And mm-hmm. every other... Instance of this, because these these situations keep cropping up because they just have to keep falling back on the same old tricks. Other times, they'll use a secondary character, but it's literally because they just killed off two. That It's hard to imagine they're going to kill off another one, so we'll just use Alice here.
0: Yeah, that's are ju- just out of stock. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so with few weapons and very little ammo, the survivors are assessing how well and truly fucked they are. When Red Queen pops up on a holographic display, saying she'll now fulfill her promise of explaining why she's turning on Umbrella. And shows a video of a board meeting about a year and a half before the outbreak. And in the video, this is a big board meeting uh, for Umbrella, Isaacs makes a case for the inevitable destruction of the human race. And proposes that instead of allowing it to just happen naturally, Umbrella could instead engineer that destruction using the T-virus to ensure that when the whole clock of civilization gets to be reset, they would get to be in charge of organizing the next round.
0: Yes they are literally playing god now i mean they're, they're not even subtle about it he points at a fucking bible when he talks about it oh uh, and, and well talks and this about is, an ark and all this stuff
1: this is yeah and and that actually this is where the sort of setup for the Isaac's as cult leader thing comes in with this gotcha. this first... cuz
0: we we we're introduced to the well it's un unre- it's revealed the masterminding of Isaac's, and we get to see that you know there's these religious allegories attached to it, right? And yeah, I guess that it, that does explain the cult-like nature, yeah. You know, and on. and
1: and we we know this is not, of course, the first biblical allusion to Umbrella's plan that's been made because when no. he's a top, he's, he compares it to the the Great Flood, and, um, and forty days and forty nights. And well, ours took longer, but yeah, we're getting
0: so there. I I am led to believe. Like, in a way, it kind of explains why Umbrella, for the past few movies, or all of the other movies, has been
1: so incompetent looking. Right, because it was because all, part all part of the master plan. Yeah, it was all part of the thing. That's, that's what I'd like to address right here. Because yes. even in the realization of their master plan, and how Mm -hmm. everything that transpired before that could have been seen as an error on the part of Umbrella is in fact all working towards this ultimate goal.
0: Yeah, and this is, so far, one of these things that sound really clever on paper.
1: I feel an obligation Mm -hmm. to point out the flaw in the plan that seemingly no one in this board meeting or nay involved in the project which is we will we will soon see numbers thousands of people
0: yeah now when you say the flaw in the plan i assume you mean the biggest of many flaws in the plan
1: yes yes i mean because yes yes that's yes because <laughs> i've
0: got so if i was in that board meeting i would have had to my hands shut straight up and it would have stayed up for an hour because oh, yes. I would have no
1: shortage of questions. <laughs> but, uh, yes, specifically what I am thinking of is here, these people, these uh, upper elite in a corporate environment, uh, the the managers such as it uh, will. And, and uh, just as a sidebar, if you have Netflix right now... Uh, there's a new documentary series that just released, like, last week. It's called Dirty Money. Uh, the third episode in that series, uh, it's, it's all about various, like, uh, criminal slash maybe not quite cl- criminal but should be uh, practices relating to finance and, and money and, and ways in which money is, is, uh, is criminal. And in this third episode, it, it addresses pharmaceutical companies specifically, uh, Valiant, uh, which is a, a really it's more of a management company. Their practices was their practice was to come in and buy other pharmaceutical companies, completely destroy their R and D departments to eliminate costs, and then jack the fuck out of their prices. Um, on lower-volume drugs in order to make their profits skyrocket. It's very similar to what Martin Screlly uh, was known for having done uh, on a much bigger scale. It's a fantastic episode. I really uh, strongly encourage anyone to watch it. Umbrella is valiant. They're a company of managers that happen to have some incredibly good R&D product that they have scuttled everybody who worked on it, seemingly. Mm-hmm. And this, is, this comes to the heart of the issue, is that people who I think are in upper management really only ever think about people in upper management. And the flaw in their entire cleanse the earth and uh, come out of it as their ruler's uh, sort of stratagem is that that system uh, of you having great and tremendous power as a result of your position only works when there is a shit ton more people underneath you,
0: yeah, holding at you some up. P- at some point, <laughs> the gods of this new world are going to have to decide who the poor gods are.
1: Right. Somebody's going to have to, you know, like, grow crops. Mm-hmm.
0: it's they're basically creating a citadel of rigs uh yeah that's one of the flaws (laughs) um another one would be there are better ways of doing this than a zombie outbreak sure quicker better ways that won't cause as much structural damage um there are what what else what other issues did i have with this oh yeah uh I would have said, okay, uh, Mr. Isaacs, great plan. Love it. Uh, Rulers, gods, fantastic. Uh, As long as I'm not the one who's, uh, you know, got the garbage disposal job. Um, Why do we have to build a big fake Tokyo? (laughs) Is that part of it? (laughs) Why are we... What's the bit about selling this as weapons...
1: Well, and yeah, it, it's it's. We're shown that the research on like the development of the T virus was all seemingly done in normal labs. It's only after they're like they realize, oh, it turns people into zombies. You know what we need? <laughs> we need a scale Tokyo to show this off.
0: Yeah. Um. Again, this is this is part of the re- problem with this movie. Is is it renders so much of. Of the franchise pointless Yeah Because you just You you look back on all of the shenanigans Umbrella have done and be like Well if the plan was to just set it and forget it To just put the virus out there Let it do it's job And freeze yourselves or whatever Why everything else? Yeah, no that's it
1: <laughs> That's absolutely it
0: I mean, that I, what, I, I say my hand would have been up if I was in that board meeting and I would have been asking a lot of questions. Honestly, that that would be the one question I, I needed well, to ask, would just be like, okay, yeah, you're going to set off a virus, I, you're going to destroy the Earth, and we're going to rule as gods. Okay, one question, Mr. Isaacs. Why everything else, though?
1: I mean, I guess that they wanted to have some, like, living people with quote-unquote brains to make sure that the plan is carried out as a fallback? Because, you know, it's one of those I mean, deals. If you go put yourself in sleep and just trust your subordinate, you know, trust that your plan is going to work. Per- that Actually, you know, got to give them some credit for not. I mean, that's what the I the nemesis expect. a
0: backup plan? Yeah. It's like if, if the zombies don't do the job, We've got a big one with a machine gun? We just need to And he'll just walk around yeah. the world for a thousand years, finishing them off.
1: We just need to make sure that, you know, there's there's cleanup crew running. Why Tokyo
0: underground though? Why fake <laughs> Tokyo? Why why a whole arms dealing thing?
1: In order to get it around the globe faster?
0: Dr. Isaacs, if there are so many clones of you running around, how do I know which one remembered which meeting? (laughs) I have a lot of questions about our business operations. Why are you pointing a gun at me, Mr. Isaacs? Oh, (laughs) I fucked up, haven't I?
1: Red Queen explains that when this video was uploaded to her databank, it introduced a conflict in her programming, which requires her to both serve Umbrella And value human life. Mm -hmm. Okay, who wrote this AI? I thought Isaacs wrote the AI. Why the fuck did Isaacs write the AI with a value for human life in there?
0: This is the same Red Queen that was killing lots of people in the first movie, wasn't it?
1: Right, but it was done in the name of defending human life because it was to prevent the virus from escaping the facility.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean... There are other ways you could have done that. Well, again, yes, them. and
1: I think I think we addressed the many ways that that could have happened <laughs> in, in our very first episode.
0: There are many, there are many ways to have done many of the things many people want in these many films, that are all better than what happened.
1: So while Red Queen cannot harm an employee of Umbrella, Alice can, and so she's getting Alice to do what she cannot. Red Queen also gives Alice an earpiece through which she then communicates that one of the survivors at the camp was an Umbrella agent and they're probably with Alice now. So, cool. Um, she also, in this earpiece thing, reiterates that she cannot cause harm to, directly cause harm to an Umbrella employee. Mm-hmm. They really want to make sure we know that.
0: Because I... the audience is fucking stupid. That's what the film believes.
1: Right. So, back on the road, Isaacs gets picked up by one of the other transports that's making its way to Raccoon City to finish off the survival camp. But he orders them to go to the pit instead, saying that Alice is no longer in the city. And when the commanding officer argues that those aren't his orders, Isaac just straight up stabs him. And then he'll just, he goes on, you know, this is a later scene that I'm going to just, I'm just going to give you this out of chronology. Uh, He later stabs the rest of the crew. I like this new Isaacs.
0: Just does not. You got to do something to let off steam. Yeah. Basically, it's the unwinding of Isaacs. (laughs)
1: Alice and team continue into the hive, passing slowly through a ventilation fan to create maximum dread. <laughs> uh, of course, the fan turds uh, is starting to turn up and, and spin up as they're all working their way through it. Um, and, and obviously, the, the character that has the most connection to Alice, except for Claire. No, no, it's got to be Abigail, the one we've met. Mm-hmm. That's important it's the one we've met that we've spent all this time with and we've gotten to know as a character uh, she almost doesn't make it out uh, she gets her her bag caught on on the fan on one of the fan blades or something which yeah. you... I was so
0: scared at this point I shit piss out of my asshole. it
1: was it was deeply emotionally affecting to me mm-hmm. as well uh, as you can no doubt tell and uh, but but thankfully Alice because she's better than everyone uh, does manage to you know pull her through. And, and, and she's saved. And then, watching from a surveillance feed, Wesker orders the fan to go in reverse. That'll suck
0: him in, though. Oh, it will.
1: It will. And this is, again, oh, no. I mean, just, boy, you never see this done and so everyone has to now drag themselves to a ladder and they're all doing the human chain thing hanging on to it and abigail mm-hmm. slips and she's nearly lost but thank god Alice catches her again and she's so good she's so good at catching uh, she's the those. best she's the best but you know she's you know what as good as Alice is at catching people abigail is shit at holding on to them Terrible. just the oh. worst and, and she eventually does fly off into the fan uh, where yeah. she is. She chunks up pretty good. She does chunk up pretty good. Uh, I mean, they, they, they jib her yes, quite nicely. Yes, in the old days we would have called those jibs.
0: Yeah, although I did notice that even though the fan is still on at full power, immediately after she gets jibbed, uh, the other characters stop struggling so much because they're sad, but they don't get sucked up or uh, pulled back. Um, but they, the fan's still going, but they've got to have an emotional moment. So they just forget about struggling and holding on and dragging themselves for dear life. Um, but that relaxation doesn't suck them up because that would be the end of the film. The so compos- we just
1: ignore physics for this bit. And the composition of this sequence is horrific, just visually. It's bad. Uh, these seeds where we're supposed to be seeing um, Alice and Abigail clinging on at the end of the chain uh, with the fan in the background, uh, there is the, the fan is lit so brightly and there's so much motion associated with it that your eye is really drawn more to that. Mm-hmm. than the characters that you're supposed to care about in the center of the scene as they struggle. And it's really disorienting and, and, and flashy, and I, I, I strongly feel that someone along the way has suffered a seizure as a result of the scene. Um, it's, it's just terrible.
0: Could be possible, yeah. Uh, the survivors! I mean, hm? many, many moments in this film... I wouldn't be surprised if I've heard they've caused, like, problems for people.
1: Yeah. And there's just, there's so many quick cuts. It is, it's quick staggering. Cut
0: shaking. It's just, like I say, it's a, oh, God.
1: The survivors then move through narrow vents, which, sure, why not? We've done every other kind of, you know, limited space, fear opportunity trope. Let's, let's do vents.
0: Yeah, it's, it's it's very much like the combat sequences. It's uh, it's moved from one thing to the next with no connective tissue. Um,
1: and these suddenly, these vents suddenly light up is to indicate bad things are gonna happen, but then if bad you know. things don't happen until they start to move forward again, and then bad things happen. Like, <sighs> for fuck's sake, like who are you trying to? <sighs> So an unremarkable survivor falls through the floor and lands in a box that's suspended over a great big pit.
0: Do you think there are, like... You know how there's, like, royalty-free music? Like Kevin MacLeod and, and all of that? Do you think there are royalty-free scripts? <laughs> that you just... You, like, buy them off, a, a, like, a script version of an asset store and then just change a few details?
1: Alternately, do the worlds that these films exist have like, you know, an equivalent just for the traps. Because they are the same. Acme! Acme traps? <laughs> yes, of course! Of course! <laughs> Everyone gets their traps from Acme. Uh, yeah, so there's like a, a grate in the floor of this box that he's in, and there's a little, like, timer thing that clicks down four lights that go green, and all of a sudden the bottom falls out, so now he's clicking, hanging from the bottom of him. He's like, oh no! I'm over this giant pit. Ah, I'm Ooh, in trouble. fucky bollocks. Like, this was bad. Now it's worse. And then the lights start changing again, and it's like, uh-oh, what now? And when they go all red again, the, 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 the floor starts lifting back up, and he's like, oh, no, now I can't climb up fast enough, and my hands are going to get caught in the box, and sure enough, that's what happens, and he loses his fingers. And he falls to his death. Now, rather than do that with everyone, everybody gets their own fucking trap, I guess, because we go back into the, the vent. And now it's Alice and Claire's turn to be dropped through vents that aren't in the bottom but are in the sides of the vents. How modular are these fucking vents? This is absurd. <coughs> Alice... Lands in an old lab slash abattoir. I'm going to call it a labatoire. Nice. And she's joined shortly thereafter by Razor. Who's Razor, you ask? He's the black survivor. Oh, Razor! Okay. I I'm not sure his name has been <laughs> said before now, and his name. The only time I know his name is said is after this point, very briefly. They poke around a bit until one of the hanging bodies tries attacking Razor, followed by a very much not-hanging bioweapon, taking him out completely unceremoniously.
0: Oh, goodbye, Razor. We literally hardly knew you.
1: Alice then guns it down for a bit and lets it run off to create another moment of dramatic tension before it drops on her from above... You know doing the whole oh, it's on the ceiling thing and slime dropped in front of it. No, no, I'm getting attacked. Um, uh, it again, again, I wish Alice
0: was saying things the way you are making her say things.
1: And 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 this, I don't know if it's supposed to be a liquor or some other bioweapon that we've never seen before. It is big,
0: honestly. It- it looks like one of the zombies that are in the slaughtering grounds.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's just kind of bigger and put together and doesn't have any real defining qualities.
0: Yeah, just like big sharp teeth and no skin.
1: Yeah. So I'm not sure what that, what its deal is supposed to be.
0: I mean, it looks... I don't know if it's from Resident Evil. I can't remember. But all I remembered looking at it was, was um, the big, long, pointy-tooth asset. Zombie that you can get. I think it's on Mixamo. But it, it's it, it, it.
1: Yeah. But they still wanted to get the liquor thing in, even though they aren't using liquors. I guess you know where it's crawling around on yeah. the ceiling and scares you.
0: That's the final chapter.
1: You gotta get all the hits you gotta in. Have
0: a little bit of everything.
1: Uh. So it drops on her. The other thing about this bioweapon is that it has some sort of special vision. But I don't think it's heat based. Unless the flashlight she has is just, like, creating well, no, it, a, a, a spear of heat out in front of it. <laughs> if it was
0: heat-based, it would attack other
1: zombies that are really of very course. warm. Of course. So, but it, it it specifically targets her flashlight. That's a very well-designed bio-weapon. And it eats that. <laughs> giving, so well-designed. Giving her enough time to... Pull some chain off of a spool and wrap it around the thing so that she can let it chase her through the lavatoire until it runs out of length and falls over on top of her. Mm-hmm. And then she kills it by stabbing it in the head, neck area. Um, and then Doc shows up. Hey, Doc, how you been? How'd you get out of the vent? Nobody asks that question, actually.
0: No, well, of course not. No, nobody asks I mean, that question. That would
1: require
0: an explanation.
1: Doc, however, does ask about Razor and Claire, um, to which, you know, we know Razor's dead. Because then yeah. that's how we know that, that this guy was Razor's, because Alice said basically you just missed him. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Wesker, clearly pissed by how. You know, nothing is stopping Alice. And, I mean, really, he shouldn't You think you'd have learned by now. Yeah, she's better than everyone. Uh, He is told by the Red Queen that Alice is going to reach them in seven minutes. So he orders that, quote-unquote, they be woken up. um, And and, and insists this over Red Queen's objections that they were only to be awakened in an emergency. Uh, I guess this qualifies... I mean, you'd think. You'd think. I I think there have been a few emergencies along the way. But I guess those were all (laughs) part of the grand plan. Sure. Sure. Why not? Yeah. Uh, Meanwhile, Isaacs makes it to the pit, crashing his transport on the ride in and winding up completely surrounded by zombies. Claire then wakes up in a glass box in a room filled with glass boxes, that are filled with dismembered corpses, so that's that's where her little vent hole landed.
0: Yeah, so it's a good bit of feng shui in that room.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, I, I like the design of that room actually. I think it's mm. cool. I don't see how in any universe it's practical for any purpose, but cool looking room.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it looks good. So why not?
1: Actually, it would make a re- it could make a really cool reptile room in a like a zoo. Right? Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah, they'd make short work of the corpses as well. Mm
1: -hmm. Alice and Doc continue deeper into the hive, finding a tunnel that Alice recognizes as the laser hall. Because we got to do the laser hall again. Mm -hmm. Can't miss this.
0: It's the final chapter. Come on.
1: At the control room on the other side, she remembers the last time that she was here and that a bunch of weapons and explosives had been brought in. Oh, my God, they're still here.
0: (gasps) Oh, my God.
1: See? See? This was all part of the filmmaker's grand strategy.
0: Oh, yeah. I mean, just like George Lucas, they had all of these movies mapped
1: out years in advance. It's like poetry, it rhymes. So she loads up a machine gun for Doc and one for herself, and then uses the computers to access the level below them, revealing the control room to be one giant elevator that goes further down. I love umbrella bases. (laughs) They're so good. Leading down to a cryogenic storage chamber where the umbrella elite await for the end of the apocalypse. So reclaim the yes. world. I mean, and there are just thousands. This is like the clone room from the previous movie all over again. But instead of being a whole bunch of clones, it's a whole bunch of executives.
0: Yes. I mean, <laughs> really, what's the difference? hey <laughs>
1: <laughs> In the Hive Center, we discover that Wesker was thawing out Isaacs. What? Wow. Yes. This is the real Isaacs, who is putting on umbrella cufflinks. That it's important. Keeping it classy. It's important.
0: Keeping it classy and on brand.
1: It's important that we see these for no good reason, multiple times (laughs) in this. I think the point is to illustrate that, hey, this is what's giving Isaacs all of his badass powers. You know, like, this is his weak point. Do something about this. Never exploit it. <laughs> it was like they shot it for one plan, but then decided to go a different direction.
0: I mean, either that or it's just to show he's the original. Well,
1: oh, that could, it's that like, could be. It's like, oh,
0: he's wearing an umbrella thing, so he's definitely he's the definitely right one. He's definitely
1: the one, because, you know, the clone that thinks he's the one would never have thought to put on umbrella cufflinks. I think
0: it's just a visual aid, yeah. like maybe for like the the you know the non domestic
1: market, the, or or maybe it's merch.
0: That's true. Probably make a little mint off those uh, umbrella cuff links. Worth
1: noting, the only incredibly obvious product placement I recall seeing in this film is the motorcycle, which was a BMW.
0: Ah, uh.
1: that's that's it. I don't recall any other real like brand feces on this. So well, that's something, I guess. Either that or I'm just so inured to it now that I don't I don't see it anymore. It's also possible. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, Isaacs is awake and uh, and he immediately surmises that they've been betrayed somehow. His plan has some outside agent working against it. or inside agent, I guess you would say.
0: Yeah. Meanwhile,
1: Outside the crater, the one-handed Isaac's clone exits his transport and begins luring the zombie horde after him on a path straight to the hive. Now, in her glass box, Claire disassembles a bullet and MacGyver's a bomb out of the gunpowder, the shell, and I think the wick from her uh, windproof lighter.
0: God damn, she's so good. Yeah.
1: Like... And, and here's the thing, as good as she is, right? Like, this is just to illustrate how great Alice is, ultimately. As we all know, yeah. everything in this I show. mean, that's the entire point of the franchise. Right. And so, this is really to say, like, look how badass Claire is. And, and she's got nothing on Alice. Mm-hmm. Speaking of, Alice and Doc... Run across a path on an underground lake to reach the hive center. I mean, goddamn, umbrella! Can you just design every building? <laughs> that's amazing.
0: I mean, I'm thinking about it, and my house doesn't have
1: an underground lake. Right, that leads to your I your den up.
0: because that's what it is. It's like a den. It really is, yeah. A little little living room. <laughs> it's got a decanter,
1: <laughs> and couches, and a, a fireplace. There's a fireplace down here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh,
0: amazing. Where do you want the fireplace? Do you want it next to the underground lake, in the
1: den, or the corpse chamber? <laughs> Uh, so Isaacs is waiting there for them, just chilling on a couch, and orders them to drop their weapons, threatening to release the antivirus down here at the bottom of the hive where it'll never escape to the wider world. So Alice puts her gun down, but Doc doesn't. Oh, no. Because, I mean, I know we all thought it was Christian. Well, I mean, yeah, he didn't trust Alice. Yeah, and... I don't think we ever see what happens to him. I, I believe Christian is still in the vents, crawling forever. <laughs> Maybe something happened. It's
0: just—it's so it, hard to keep have, track. Yeah, it could have happened during any number of jump cuts.
1: Uh, but uh, yeah, so he's docks the traitor. And, and Alice says that Claire would be disappointed, and she is, because Claire is now here too. And oh, yes. hey. Wesker's here, popping up behind Claire with the gun with a gun on her. <laughs> like, it's just one after another. Every character that matters <laughs> is brought into the room. So there uh Doc tells Isaacs and us, because we aren't shown this, that Alice planted explosives in the cryo chamber on her way down here. Yeah, but th- th- don't worry, Doc's gonna deal with it. Doc Doc'll take care of it. It's fine. Alice takes a look at this table uh, along the back of a couch that has a decanter and fountain pens and an ice pick and starts thinking about how she could use all of these items individually to kill Isaacs. They
0: do the Robert Downey Jr. Sherlock thing. Right. Where she's replaying different fight scenarios really quickly in her head. And Isaacs Which is so good. Oh, you know,
1: it's 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 super original. We never see it done. Uh, and it's such a great idea that Isaacs observes her doing it and says, I can do that. And so he does it. Because he's got yes. this predictive software from uh, he's got the predictive software from the Dead or Alive movie. And he is uh, using it to Play out all of the scenarios that she could be imagining in advance and having his own 100% guaranteed effective countermeasures for all of them that all end with him looking like a badass (laughs) taking a sip from a whiskey. The rewinding of Isaacs. (laughs) There really is one for everything. Mm Mm-hmm. So they then talk about Isaac's clone and how clones always think they're the real person. Like how Alice does. Because she's a clone of Alicia Marcus. Oh my giddy ass. The daughter of Isaac's former partner and the current co-owner of Umbrella who has also just been aroused from her own cryogenic sleep. Um, Mm -hmm. So apparently the... T-virus was reversed in her at some point and her premature aging condition continued because she now looks to be a woman in her 80s or 90s even. Um, Yeah.
0: She's seen briefly in the flashback we have when uh, Isaac proposes the plan. But she's not identified in any way. and We don't ever get a clear
1: shot of her. Um, She is, of course, played by the uh, incredibly talented... Uh, hang on, if I, I want to make sure I get this right, uh, this name, um, Mila Jovovich. Is that? I, I've that heard right? of her. Yeah, heard of her. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah She's been in her. some stuff. You've probably yeah, seen it her. It took
0: before. four to five hours to get her in that makeup, the old person makeup. Really? That's yeah. I saw that on the <sighs> trivia page. Worth it. I mean, totally worth it. Yeah. Oh yeah. Mm.
1: Yeah, you barely recognize her, even though she looks pretty much exactly like her. It's a lot of time for that makeup. Mm. Uh so this sets up sort of a a holy trinity, right? Because again, we need another biblical illusion in here.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. Um we, we, biblical illusions and Alice in Wonderland illusions constantly until they're falling out of our asses. And
1: so uh Alice, or uh, so this this Trinity's established that, that Alicia is, I guess, God, Red Queen is the Holy Spirit, and Alice is Jesus fucking Christ. Sh- <laughs> sure, why not? Everything else in this movie up to this point has led me to believe that. <laughs> so, yeah. here we are. She might as well just be the Messiah. Uh,. Alicia thinks that Alice is the best of all of them and expresses this verbally, just in case you had missed the thematic run through of these six films. Uh, And it's because Alicia was weak and allowed Umbrella's plot to move forward, but she is also the one who uploaded the video that caused Red Queen's programming conflict, so she has some kind of conscience ultimately, I guess. Uh, Alicia points out that she and Isaacs each own 50% of the business, but that Wesker's just an employee. I wonder where she's going with this, Jim.
0: I have no idea.
1: You may be surprised to hear her tell Albert Wesker that he's fired, allowing the Red Queen to no longer treat him as an Umbrella employee, but a civilian, and therefore chop off his foot with a closing door.
0: And it's that quick. He doesn't even get a pink slip.
1: Nope.
0: You can just say you're fired, and that's good enough for the Red Queen who values human life to chop your leg off with a door and let you bleed out slowly and painfully.
1: Well, I'm pretty sure Umbrella outsources their human resources to the same company that does OCPs. Ah, okay. So it's real quick. Real quick. Cool, cool, cool. Uh... (laughs) <laughs> when Doc reacts to this by attempting to shoot Alice, he discovers that Alice is better than everyone. <laughs> <laughs> he finally learned. Because she's given him an empty gun. Uh, this also, and, and, and there's two ways in which this demonstrates that Alice is better than everyone. Um, the first is the, the obvious one where you know she has successfully sussed out who is the traitor.
0: Yeah, she knew, like, long before we could have worked it out, or
1: anyone in the film, certainly. Right. But here's the other way in which this sequence, this little flashback, demonstrates to us that Alice is better. You see, Alice checked to see if her weapon was loaded. When someone hands you a firearm, the first rule of gun safety is that you ask if it's loaded, and then you check for yourself to confirm. Had Doc performed proper gun safety protocol, this never would have happened to him. Alicia, or Alice is the best. That's just, that's yeah. that's all there is to it. Uh, now, Isaac flees, or Isaacs, flees with, with the antivirus, and a prone Doc is shown mercy by Alice, only to be killed by Claire.
0: Yep. Yeah. Wesker. Because Alice is all, I'm not going to kill you. And then Claire turns up and says, sorry, baby, or whatever it was. Unless she mirrors something Doc said after he betrayed her. Yeah. Because films have that that ironic echo.
1: Wesker is given the arms detonated for the explosives that Alice planted um, so that he can uh, do his best Miles Dyson impression. (laughs)
0: Yes. Another thing that we just we've seen in other
1: films once or twice uh, in films we've seen here, I think too I think this is I think this has been done in other movies we've done I wouldn't be surprised I, I feel like we've done it uh, Alice has Red Queen plot her a path to the surface and Alicia reiterates that using the antivirus will kill Alice also, but Alice is committed so she leaves with Claire. And after she goes, Alicia puts a contact lens in and starts uploading her childhood memories to Umbrella's systems Uh, while mocking Wesker for, you know, (laughs) being kind of a kind of a loser. (laughs) Yeah, it's kind of it's kind of I don't know. Do do I feel for Wesker or not? I can't tell because I feel for Wesker as a character
0: who's just. Become the fucking stooge. It's really
1: all fallen apart for Wesker here, right? And so quickly. He went from having a, a position of just like near total control and dominance, to, you know, one foot one foot shy, <laughs> and about to to be the uh, the the final thing that destroys his base.
0: Yeah. I, if I were him, I'd have just stuck to the White House. I'd have stuck with Claire because she's yeah. the best anyway. Hell yeah. Yeah, yeah. Stick with the Jesus Christ allegory. Right? You're probably going to come out of it okay. He, he, you know, he
1: could have he turned this whole thing around and, and, and still, you know, ruled over shit. He could have betrayed Umbrella with the White House thing.
0: Yeah, but it was more important that the last movie end on the cool visual of Alice and Wesker working together. But we not actually have it happen because we've got another movie to do.
1: He could have taken all of this shit pretty easily, I think. Yeah. For a guy who is painted as being ruthless and ambitious, that he didn't look at this situation and say, wow, they really kind of handed me the keys here, didn't they?
0: Yeah. (laughs) When, When the next one comes out, it'll turn out that one was a clone.
1: Right, yeah. Uh, Isaacs goes to the control room desk slash elevator and shuts down Red Queen, who gives him that classic line about how, uh, you're all going to die down here. Uh,
0: I did like
1: that. Good callback. I did like that. It was a nice little callback. Alice and Claire reach him there and fighting happens as they ascend up the, you know, dramatically log and fast elevator ride. Like, how big is this floor? Did, did they break it down into multiple floors? They have there's all of these like platform connection points that seem to be available throughout this elevator ride.
0: I don't think they go anywhere. They're just there to look cool.
1: Yeah, probably, or 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 to provide an you know a dangerous thing that you know if your head is hanging off at this pre- on this precise side for at this precise time because it's super irregular. This one beam that only crops up like once for every six times all the other beams around it come up? Yeah. If you need that for someone's head to be hanging off of, you know, and and maybe almost get hit, sure. Yeah. Uh, They... uh, They're fighting, and during the fighting we're given a good five-second shot of Alice retrieving a grenade from a bag. Gee, I wonder what that's for. When the elevator reaches the top, Alice is kicked by Isaac's into the laser hall, where we once again get to enjoy Alice jumping through gaps in lasers, um, mm-hmm. ending once again with with the uh, like hanging ties off of whatever she's wearing getting you know clipped off by the last set of lasers. It's it's really yeah, at a...
0: this point they're not callbacks, uh, callbacks. They're just Recreation. It's just repetition. Yeah, it's
1: direct recreation. Um, I do like the way they do the visuals in here, because this room is fucking filthy and disused. And uh, so the lasers cutting through the dirt along the walls, I thought was a nice touch.
0: yeah. yeah. Uh, but well, I mean, I mean, you know, we, we, we cannot accuse the movie of not having things that look cool. Right. And And to
1: do this thing that we've seen now in at least two other movies, uh, in a way that is semi-novel. Yeah, kind of cool with that. Um, once they're done with uh, those lasers, there's re- a resume of fighting, concluding finally with another laser pass um, during which Isaacs has the fingers cut off of Alice's hand. But Alice has secretly won. Because she's the best. Because she's the best. She throws a grenade pin at Isaacs and we're shown through another quick little flashback how she slipped the grenade in his pocket while he was busy cutting her fingers off. Mm-hmm. The grenade explodes and Isaacs falls to his knees, allowing Alice to retrieve the antivirus. Um, he falls to the ground and, and whatever this like UI system that he has seems to shut off. Um, yeah. Claire tells Alice to go on without her, saying that she'll be right behind, and Alice ascends to the surface of the crater, and dramatically drops the vial with the antivirus, only for it to be caught by a still-alive Isaacs, whose system has rebooted and stabilized his body somewhat, so that he could do Why this. Not? Sure. Sure. Um, then the Isaacs clone arrives with, uh, all of those zombies, you know, nipping at his heels or, or they should have been, but he's apparently got quite a bit of distance on them because there's time for him to be faced with his original version and have a crisis of, uh, consciousness, I guess you'd call it identity. Identity. Yes. An identity, identity crisis. crisis. That's the word I was looking for. Have an identity crisis. And stab the original Isaacs to death, Uh, who presumably, uh, you know, with the the, the system resources of his, you know, thing his his combat prediction system being too taxed by keeping his body going. Didn't see this shit coming, Mm -hmm. which wouldn't you? (laughs) Wouldn't you? I mean, Christ. I mean, Alice. Sorry, my bad. (laughs) <laughs> well played with all of that out of the way and zombies closing in alice drops the vial of antivirus and the zombies begin dropping immediately in a wave yeah,
0: not not before they kill clone isaacs as well
1: oh yes you know, that's so right yes they, that they just you know once they once once Realizes to is stab, clone Isaacs is immediately set upon by the zombies.
0: Yeah, they turned up just in time.
1: Who ignore, uh, and all of them ignore Alice standing two feet away <laughs> to just focus on him. Mm hmm.
0: Well, I mean, they've been chasing him the longest. <laughs> They're probably really fucking annoyed with him.
1: Um, so Alice drops the vial. The Zombies immediately begin dropping in this wave, and once everyone else on screen has fallen, so too does Alice landing the pile of corpses next to Isaac's. Um, Now, my assumption is at this point that three days passes. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Big boulder is moved. Alice wakes up to Claire calling her name. Uh, and wondering why Alice is alive. <laughs> uh, they contact Red Queen, who informs them that she stopped the, ta- the attacks on the Last Cubid Settlements once Isaacs was killed, uh, maybe the first time, maybe the second time. Who can say? And that the antivirus only attacked the T-virus, and not the healthy cells inside of Alice's body. So I guess if you're infected with the T-virus, but you're still alive and not an undead zombie thing, you get to live? I think. Why not? Now, uh, and, and, and they didn't tell her this. And the reason given for this ruse is that Alicia wanted to make absolutely sure that Alice was really Jesus Christ. So, uh, you know, and, and really wanted to make sure that, that Alice as the Red Queen then expresses when she delivers the entire encompassing moral of this film series, that Alice is better than everyone. Mm-hmm. Literally says it. Literally says Alice was better than all of them. mm mm-hmm. the,
0: No, no, I remember the line, the yeah. thing, The
1: very thing that we have been saying was the subtextual <laughs> theme. Expre- come- I am so proud of us, Jim, <laughs> for having correctly identified this and, and, and having it borne out so explicitly here at the end. I mean, really, I think, I think Paul W.S. Anderson, prior to starting work on this film, like he wasn't going to do the final chapter. And then he heard us <laughs> talk about the Resident Evil series. And he reflected back on the five films that he had produced in this series and his wife had starred in. And he thought to himself, oh my God, they're right. I didn't see it before. I thought that, you know, I was just making a movie wherein my wife plays a really powerful badass. I didn't realize... My wife is Jesus Christ. She was, she was Jesus Christ the whole time. Right. And so he set to work on this to make sure that the message we saw and that he was truly trying to bring out in the film couldn't be missed. And so here we have it in the final minutes of the film. Alice is better than everyone.
0: Yes, quite literally. And get uh, Alicia's childhood memories all uploaded into her head. as her last act, Alicia
1: uploaded these memories to give to Alice. And I guess that that was like, I guess she wouldn't have done that if Alice, like, didn't agree to do it and save herself. But I guess that wouldn't matter anyway. Uh, Who can say? Uh, But uh, this makes her a real girl. And Alice rides off into the sunset, noting in voiceover that it'll take some time, noting that that, that as it's going to take some time for the airborne antivirus to do its work spreading around the world, her work is not yet done. But ours, thank Alice, is. Yes. Now,
0: these podcasts, for Alice's sake, go on far too long. Um so I'm just going to straight straight away ask did you like this movie or not? Yes,
1: I actually did like this one. Yeah. I did like this one. Um it is, you know, lots of these movies are inoffensive. Um this is not a good movie either. But I I did enjoy it because I f- feel like it is the final acknowledgement of what bullshit all of this has been. <laughs> does it pain me that it made over $300 million? Sure. Uh, does it pain me that this has generated about a billion dollars in profit worldwide? Yes. A lot. <laughs> but as the culmination of the resident evil experience, um, it's, it is everything that the resident evil series has been and, and really rightly should have been, uh, and, yeah, I am I am fine with this. I will uh, never watch it again.
0: Hell no, I'll never watch any of these yeah. again. Um, I won't say I liked it, but I will agree that it is... It's as Resident Evil as one of these movies get. And I don't mean the games. I'm just talking exclusively the movie franchise. It's as Resident Evil movie as these Resident Evil movies could get. Um... There's nothing left to surprise. If if you are this far in the series still watching them and getting annoyed, you've made a mistake. <laughs> yes, because by this point there are no illusions left. Yeah. It is
1: it is what it and is. And you have you have seen it all before. The yeah. only At difference point, is in the execution, which is a little more skillful and tactful.
0: That's it, yeah. He just sort of gets better at the the, executed, the executing of it. And the writing and the general uh, of it just stays the same. Yep. And that's ultimately my, my takeaway from this. And the franchise as a whole is just... Yeah, okay. Yep. Yes. That's it. Whatever. Whatever.
1: Yeah, S- all right. So what are we going to do next time, Jim?
0: Um... I know, we decided two hours ago, I've forgotten. Uh, Was it um, Advent Children?
1: I believe it was.
0: It was Final Fantasy VII Advent Children, at last.
1: Yeah, well, uh, somebody somebody was just asking me, uh, hey, why hasn't this been done yet? And I was like, well, because I'm dreading it. (laughs) A little bit, I think. Uh, Um,
0: Last time I saw it uh, was uh, many years ago, but... I've watched it a couple times. I'm not... Well, we'll talk about it next yeah. time. Um, but you are dreading it. I'm not dreading it so much. Uh, but that'll be next time. And I'm really going to wrap this up now so I can go watch uh, Monday Night Rousey. And I heard she wasn't even on it this week after all the fucking undermining they did. Mm. Um... Sorry. Uh, We will see you next time, two weeks from now, for Final Fantasy VII Advent Children. You can follow Conrad on Twitter, at Conrad Zimmerman. And if after two hours you still want to hear more of us, uh, we do another podcast called Fist Shark Marketing. Uh, That's at fistshark.com, or you can look up Fist Shark Marketing at iTunes or other podcast places. Uh, until next time, thank you all so much for your support, and we will see you next time. Bye. Goodbye.